we need to rethink the way that we've viewed charity across the board. People look at donating money and don't think about having a return on their investment, and they should. We are literally returning money back to our community in multiple forms. Hey everyone, I'm Jamila Souffrant and this is Modern Life, a brand new podcast from Fidelity Investments that's here to help you live your best life. If you want to keep this show in your feed, make sure to hit subscribe for our weekly episodes. For all things Modern Life and to sign up for our newsletter, head over to fidelity.com slash modernlife. Whether it's donating money to a cause, donating your time, or starting your own nonprofit, there are countless ways to give back. And today's guest knows exactly how to do just that. Chad Hauser is a Dallas-based chef who has enjoyed a long and successful career in the hospitality industry. But about a decade ago, he started a new kind of nonprofit venture called Cafe Momentum, a restaurant and culinary training facility that offers a paid internship program for young men and women coming out of juvenile facilities. Chad is on a mission to transform the juvenile justice system, and he's using his platform to do exactly that. Chad Hauser, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Modern Life to talk about charity. Thank you for having me. It's, it's quite an honor to be here. So Chad, can you take me back and tell me exactly what Cafe Momentum is and why you started it? Well, Cafe Momentum is a six and a half year old restaurant in Dallas, and we've been consistently ranked as one of the top restaurants in the city since the day we opened. And we take a lot of pride in that because our restaurant is entirely staffed by juvenile offenders. So in addition to being an award-winning restaurant, we're a 12-month paid post-release internship program for young men and women exiting Dallas County Juvenile Detention Facilities. In addition to working through the restaurant, learning life skills and social skills in all of the stations, applying them to all of the stations in the restaurant. We also have a community services center with a case management team, staff psychologist, career services coordinator, and even an education manager that oversees our very own high school. Tell me a little bit about your journey to falling in love with food and having that as your career. I always love to cook and my love for cooking comes from going to my grandparents' house every Sunday for Sunday supper. All my aunts, uncles, cousins, my mom, my dad, myself, we all gathered on Sundays and broke bread together. And so food meant a lot more to me than just eating. It was about family. Fast forward to going to college and I had no idea what I wanted my career pursuits to be, but I knew that I was supposed to graduate college and build a career. So I told my parents that I was going to major in English literature, get my degree as required, and then I was going to try cooking because I loved cooking and, and it was a passion for me. So I went to culinary school with, with one goal in mind and that was to uh, one day own my own restaurant and be the chef of that restaurant. And approximately 10 years later, I did it. Sold my house, took all the equity out of it, took out a loan and, and bought into uh, a restaurant in Dallas and became co-owner and chef. And tell me about from that experience of having your own restaurant to then creating Cafe Momentum. What was the thing that allowed you or made you make this leap or transition into the nonprofit and charity world? About a year into ownership, um, I had been nominated as best up and coming chef in Dallas. I had grown the business by almost 40%. 
it was right at the one-year mark of ownership that I was volunteered to go teach eight young men inside a Dallas County juvenile detention facility to make ice cream for an ice cream competition at the Dallas Farmer's Market. And speaking very candidly, the moment that I met these eight young men, I felt the greatest sense of shame I've ever felt in my life because it was the moment I met them that I realized I had stereotyped them before I'd ever met them and I was wrong. And for me, I thought I was a better person. My running joke is that all eight of them looked me in the eye and called me sir the moment they met me in 25 years of cooking in kitchens. Uh, I've been called a lot of names in a lot of languages, a lot of kitchens, just just <laughs> never sir. But that shame led to humility, and that humility led me to spend the next several hours not so much teaching them to make ice cream, but more importantly, listening to them tell me who they really were, how they really were, and why they really were. And two days later, the county bused these eight young men down to the farmer's market, and they were competing against college culinary students, and one of them actually won the whole competition. And when he won, he was so excited. He's screaming at me, sir, I just love to cook. And I'm screaming back at him, sir, me too. And then he said to me, the greatest statement I've ever heard a human being say is he looked right at me and said, I just love to make food and give it to people and put a smile on their face. And then he said, when I get out, I'm going to get a job in a restaurant. And then I start thinking about his story. The fact that he's going to go back to the same house, the same street, the same neighborhood, the same school, the same poverty, the same traumas that he had experienced. I became self-reflective and, and thinking about myself at 16 years old and, and him at 16 years old and quickly came to the realization that for both of us, our lives were dictated by choices that were made for us before we were born. Whether it be because the color of our skin, the socioeconomic class we were born in, the part of town that we were born in, the school's resources we had access to, I had never done a single thing in my life to earn the resources and opportunities that I had been provided. And maybe even more importantly, I had never done anything to earn the ability to fail and for the community and society to pick me back up and give me a second chance. And conversely for this young man, he had never done anything in his life from birth on to not have those resources, to not have access, to not be provided with opportunity. And so I just uh, spent more time volunteering inside the juvenile department and most importantly listening. And you hear the staff talk a lot about consistency and stability. And you hear the young people talking a lot about their need for consistency and stability. And so that was where the initial idea for Cafe Momentum came about. How can I do something with my skills to provide that consistent and stable environment for them? I mean, that's so powerful. And you recognizing your privilege in that moment and not, you know, being defensive or running from it obviously had such a big impact. When did the idea come for Cafe Momentum that you wanted to also create something else that could help really give them leverage and, and just better opportunities? I have this idea to open a nonprofit restaurant, for lack of better terms, taking kids out of jail and teaching them to play with knives and fire. And as you can imagine, the community does not take well to this idea. One of the first things that someone asked me was, what was my plan for when the kids started stabbing each other in the kitchen? I was repeatedly told, those kids don't want to work, they just want to collect a check. I was consistently told that those kids have never been to a nice restaurant, they can't cook your food. So while understanding that the restaurant had to be bigger than just a job, that it had to be an accumulation of resources for these young people, I also had to simultaneously educate the community that they're wrong. And if you actually knew these young people, you would never say these things about them. So in order to do that, in, in June of 2011, I launched a series of monthly pop-up dinners. And the idea behind the pop-ups was very simple. Go in one of the top restaurants in Dallas on a Sunday night when they're closed, sell tickets to a private dinner, have the chef write a four course menu, but the staff not only helping the chef in the kitchen, but serving it to the level and quality of service of that restaurant 
were eight young people that we would bus in from a local juvenile detention facility. And speaking, if I'm honest, the first dinner, the goal was to get 50 people to pay $50 to show up and having zero confidence that anybody would show up. I was like devising plans to call my mom and have her guilt the ladies in her Bible study class into buying tickets just so like anybody would show up. However, with minimal announcement, the dinner sold out in less than 24 hours. And every single person that attended that first dinner, before they left, they walked right by me, looked me in the face and said, uh, you know, this could be my son. And I realized in that moment that it was a success because the community, when forced to actually face these young people and see them for who they truly are, could no longer make those negative stereotypes, but actually acknowledge how awesome these young people are. And now, I mean, your restaurant is thriving and people go there also to enjoy the food. Now you're serving 150 to 200 kids throughout this program a year, is that true? Yes, ma'am, it is. And it's a great point because one of the things that we want the guests to see is something as simple as a wonderful meal can actually change the trajectory of our city's most marginalized and at-risk youth. Chad, how would you define charity in a modern way for people to think about? I think we need to rethink the way that we've viewed charity across the board. And I think one of the things that I've learned is we have this very skewed sense of philanthropy kind of across the board. People look at donating money and don't think about having a return on their investment, and they should. Because, you know, I can unequivocally tell you that we are literally returning money back to our community in multiple forms. Just from buying produce from local farms and ranches, we're taking our money and putting it back in the community. But as well, if you look at things like recidivism and how we've drastically reduced the recidivism rate for uh, youth in Dallas County, we've saved Dallas taxpayers over $40 million since we opened this restaurant by helping young people find a different path and allowing them to walk a better path and seek their true potential in life. Modern Life aims to give you the life and money knowledge you need so you can live the life you want. As part of our mission, we're proud to work with Year Up, an organization leading the movement to close the opportunity divide by ensuring that young adults gain the skills to reach their potential through careers and higher education. During the Year Up program, students participate in hands-on technical training in fields like information technology, business operations, customer support, and software development, paired with professional skills like networking, negotiating, and public speaking. Fidelity works with Year Up hosting interns to provide hands-on work experience and the opportunity for full-time employment. As part of its work with Year Up, Fidelity has contributed a one-time grant to Year Up's efforts. In honor of Modern Life, Fidelity has also committed to matching 100% of listener contributions. I want to encourage the Modern Life community to join the movement by visiting donate.yearup.org slash modernlife to learn more about Year Up's mission and contribute to their work. So a lot of people assume that they need to work hard, have money first, a lot of money possibly, and then donate. How would you want someone to rethink that? 
Yeah, yeah, I would want to think just the exact opposite. <laughs> Donations are twofold. Um, it's not just the amount of money that you're giving. It's the message that you're sending to the organization. At Cafe Momentum, for example, our young people, our staff, see a donation as a validation for the work that we're doing, a validation for the work that our team is pouring into the young people that we serve, and a validation to the young people that they should keep going and keep moving. The second part of that as well is, there's this misnomer that organizations are built with large sums of money when in fact it's the exact opposite. And if you ask anyone that runs an organization, would you rather have a thousand hundred dollar donors or one million dollar donor? You'd rather have a thousand hundred dollar donors because if you lose one or two, you still have a majority of your income and allowing you to do your work coming in. If you lose one million dollar donor, you're done. So I can't think of a single nonprofit organization in this country that I've come across that was built on million dollar checks, but was more built on 50 and 25 and hundred dollar donations. I mean, I love how you frame that. And if more people thought of it that way, it could encourage them to get more into this type of work. How can someone listening who wants to do more, how can they find what it is that they're supposed to be doing and how they can impact their communities? There are people in every city across the country that are doing tremendous work. And I would say just put yourself out there, you know, volunteer, show up, listen and lean in. Just be a fly on the wall for them. You would be surprised at how many nonprofit organizations can really use opportunities for, for free labor. <laughs> um, and it's an opportunity for you to, to lean in and listen. And I think that that's most important too, is walk humble and do a lot of listening. That's wonderful. Part of, I believe, the just small light from the pandemic has been this focus on social justice issues. We're in like this unique space and time where more people are feeling called to do more. What if they want to create something like a, like a cafe momentum, or maybe they're the next person that can invest in it? What for them is the next step that they should take to make that a reality? Gosh, um, <laughs> you're, you're asking a very risk tolerant person. <laughs> so I would just say, do it, uh, you know, go all in. Don't overthink, don't let yourself be the barrier to doing something important or something special and enter at whatever level feels comfortable for you. If you wanna launch your own nonprofit organization, go for it, start it, do it. Just give yourself grace to know that it's not gonna be perfect, it's going to be messy and you're going to learn and you're gonna adapt and you're gonna adjust. If you wanna volunteer, go volunteer. There's no wrong answer and, and I think that we get in our own heads too often to think of, oh, but what if I do this and it doesn't work? What if I do this and it doesn't work? You have to think of working with one young person as one ray of light. And if you enter a dark room and you project one ray of light, it shines a finite point on the wall. And then when you add a second light, it shines another finite point on the wall. But by the time you get to the 10th light, all of a sudden the energy of the lights are working together. The room is much brighter with 10 individual lights working together than it is with 10 separate beams working solely on their own. And so if you just focus one at a time, one step in front of the other, one young person at a time, you're going to build those 10 lights and all of a sudden the room's going to light up. I love that. 
So what is next for Cafe Momentum? What do you have in the works? What can we look forward to seeing? We've garnered a lot of interest around the country of people saying, how do I start a Cafe Momentum in my own city? And we've actually launched a new organization called Momentum Advisory Collective that's um, overseeing our expansion efforts. Our goal is to expand to 30 markets over the next 10 years, starting with Nashville, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania this year. But more importantly, our goal is to show that the ecosystem of support that we build around young people, that should be the new model for juvenile justice around the country. At Cafe Modem in Dallas, we're working with 150 to 200 youth a year and working with 150 to 200 youth a year uh, in individual markets is significant, except I kept going back to the number 728,000. That's the number of young people that enter the juvenile systems across the country every year. And so working with young people is great, but where the real impact is gonna happen is when we can begin to talk about the way the juvenile justice system works in this country and actually change the way the system works. And so building these programs, what we're really doing is sending a message that we are the new model for juvenile justice. We are the way the system should work. And when we can begin to build our ecosystem of support into the juvenile justice model, then we can begin to affect 728,000 lives. Chad, please uh, tell everyone where they can find more about what you're doing and donate and support the cause. Please, if you would like to donate, go to cafemomentum.org. Um, you can even learn more about our program. You can see our menu. And if you would like to see and are interested in our expansion efforts, you can go to momentumadvisory.co.co and read about the work that we're doing at Momentum Advisory to launch programs around the country, including Pittsburgh and Nashville this year. Thank you so much, Chad, for coming on Modern Life and talking more about charity and philanthropy. This has been very inspiring and insightful. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's quite an honor, and I can't reiterate this enough, but what, what you've done today is not just let me blab on for a while, but what you've done is you've told the kids that they matter by allowing us to talk about this issue. They're going to listen, they're going to hear, and they're going to know that this country cares about them. So thank you. Before we wrap up, we're going to hear from Courtney Mays, who's a regional consultant and financial educator at Fidelity. She will offer some tips about how you can give back in your community and support causes that you care about. Thanks, Jamila. There are many causes that align with our values. So how do we decide which organizations to support? We here at Fidelity have a few suggestions. First, reflect on what causes are most important to you. What is the change you want to see in the world? Do you want to get involved on a neighborhood, city, state, or even global level? If you do some research, chances are you'll find amazing organizations that are already having a positive impact and align with your values. Organizations like Cafe Momentum or Year Up, both of which are partners with Modern Life. Second, give what you can. Whether it's time, money, or a specific skill set, you can make a measurable difference. Small, consistent efforts can add up to a big change. Finally, be generous, but also be wise. You work hard for your money and you deserve to know exactly where it's going and how that donation will impact you from a tax perspective. Are you giving to an individual or an organization? Is the organization a 501c3 nonprofit? Have you looked to see the percentage of that donation that's actually going to the cause as opposed to admin fees? With many crowdfunding campaigns, there may not be guarantees or safeguards for where the money is actually going, so it's important to do your research. And make sure to check with a tax professional before you donate to understand the impact it may have on your taxes. 
For more tips and resources for your money and beyond, head on over to the Modern Life website at fidelity.com forward slash modern life. And make sure to sign up for our newsletter for stories, tips, and resources delivered to your inbox every week. And that's our show this week. Thank you for joining us. Check out the show notes for the link to our website and to sign up for our newsletter. And make sure you hit subscribe to see the show in your feed every week. Modern Life is hosted by Jamila Sufra. Executive producers are Caitlin Durkin, Jake Horowitz, Josh Sr., and Evan Wolf Boxbum. We are produced by Noam Osmond and Zoe Pressy. Modern Life is written by Elizabeth Leary, Ann Dowd, and Courtney Mays and edited by Noam Osmond. Our contributing editors are Rita Flannery and Mindy Hines. Our post producer is Sydney Charvat. Modern Life was recorded and filmed at the Bridge Studio in Brooklyn, New York. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Information provided in this podcast is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as investment or tax advice. Views and opinions of the individuals noted are expressed as of the date of the recording and do not necessarily represent the views of Fidelity Investments. Any such views are subject to change at any time based on market or other conditions. Fidelity Investments disclaims any liability for any direct or incidental loss incurred by applying any of the information in this podcast. Consult your tax or financial advisor for more information concerning your specific situation. Fidelity does not provide legal or tax advice and the information provided is general in nature and should not be considered legal or tax advice. Jamila Soufran is not employed by Fidelity Investments but does receive compensation for her services. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. The third-party trademarks and service marks appearing herein are the property of their respective owners. Cafe Momentum and Fidelity Investments are independent entities and are not legally affiliated. Gear Up and Fidelity Investments are independent entities and are not legally affiliated. This podcast is provided for your personal and non-commercial use and is the copyrighted work of FMR LLC. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without the permission of FMR LLC. The trademarks and service marks appearing herein are the property of their respective owners. Fidelity Brokerage Services Member, LLC, NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917. Copyright 2021, FMR LLC, all rights reserved.